Hello and welcome to Platforms for Future. This podcast is about building and scaling B2B platform ventures to help you to accelerate and de-risk your journey with practical tips and insights. In our conversations, we talk to founders, executives, and experts uncovering what they experienced and learned building their ventures. But we also cover new trends like ecosystem strategies, IoT and data platforms, Web3 and sustainability. This podcast is complementary to our Platform Innovation Kit toolset and the Platform Academy, where you can find more tools and learning opportunities for you and your team. For more information, please visit platforminnovationkit.com. And now, enjoy today's conversation. So hello and welcome to this new episode of our podcast, Platforms for Future. I'm Nathalie Dumas-Lamborghini, and I'm here with my favorite favorite co-host, Matthias Walter. And today, Matthias, it's a special day for you. So let me wish you a happy birthday. Uh, thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> and for this special day, we also have a special guest, the founder of Circulania, Mr. Friedrich Fries-Henrich. So hello and welcome, and sorry for my poor German accent. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me and happy birthday as well. Thank you. <laughs> What a pleasure to have this kind of podcast and on my birthday. Thank you very much for this chance. <laughs> so um, let's uh, get uh, straight into uh, into it. And uh, Friedrich, uh, I will ask you if you could uh, introduce yourself and also introduce Circulania. Sure. Thank you. Uh, my name is Friedrich Fries-Henrich. Um, I studied engineering and business and uh, later worked in several corporations and mainly in project management and manufacturing and uh, as a consultant in procurement. And uh, after that, in 2019, I founded Circulania for what well, I call it the industrial circular economy. So to establish um, material flow of secondary raw materials. So these materials, which we usually don't see and which are usually very difficult to, to reach and to buy. Okay, so so can you give, um, just so that it gets a, a bit more concrete, can you give examples of the type of materials that you're talking about? Yes, yeah, sure. So, um, so maybe you can imagine that every industry and every factory has a product or products that they want to produce. But on the way to these, or during these processes, um, everything which is not intended to become a product is either a byproduct or a waste. This can be packaging, plastics, this can be in, in steel or metals production, can be the slag on top of it. Um, in foundries, it could be sand and also other slags or sludges, which you have in, for example, in chemical industries, which are usually a mixture of several chemicals. And or, or to give another example, um, also in, in water, um, cleaning and water circulation. There are also sludges. Uh, there are also lots of wastes in the water to prepare it for reuse again, which are then separated. So can you also maybe uh, give some uh, examples of, uh, so, so that's for the, the offering side, I suppose, but for the, the, the uh, user side, who, which type of companies are using this type of byproducts? So who are you connecting? Uh, that's uh, a very special story about uh, Circulania as well. So we started with the intention of creating a marketplace because we saw that there are several byproducts from industries. Uh, so my co-founder and me, we were working, we were supplying uh, steel production, so steel uh, plants. 
And we saw that several byproducts from the steel making process can be used in other industries or in agriculture as well. And that they are partially they are sold, partially it is not clear which market it goes. And if on the other side, if you want to buy it, it was very difficult to, to get it, to get a price and to uh, evaluate which quality is worth how much. So we thought, well, I got the feeling it's very difficult to reach these products. That you, it's very hard to, to Google them to find something for it. So I thought this market is not working properly. And the easiest way to make such markets work is to create online marketplace. So with a total transparency for volumes, for qualities, and for prices. And then to, to make this market work, work properly um, after offer and demand. And that is how we started. That's uh, what we uh, came across. We visited many companies and uh, presented this idea. And they all liked it very much. But it's, as you might imagine, uh, it's very conservative industries. So nobody said no and nobody said yes. They all liked the idea and nobody wanted to work with us. We even knew some of these byproducts. We knew the qualities and we told them we know even where you sell them and we know that you could get more money for it. So just let us sell them online. And everybody was very reluctant and didn't want to even just for, for a try um, to sell something. So um, we, we didn't understand it at that time. Later, um, it suddenly it came clear to, to me that um, it's corporations and usually byproducts and wastes are sold in procurement. And procurement, uh, the people in procurement are not measured by how much they sell. So there's no bonus for them if they sell byproducts for a little bit more. There's not, no interest uh, for them to earn more money with their byproducts or their wastes or to save money in getting rid of the wastes. Yeah, this sounds a bit strange because when we talk to a lot of companies or when you look at the news, a lot of big corporations, they establish a kind of a chief of sustainability and they announce a lot of sustainability programs and sustainable strategies um, to get CO2 neutral and so on. So I assume taking care of your waste should be an integrated part of those kind of sustainability strategies. But when, when, but you said, okay, when you talk to those procurement uh, departments and, and head of procurements, they are not measured. Do, do you think there's a kind of a, uh, a missing link between those strategies and ambitions and uh, how they actually act? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we saw that. So later in an accelerator program, uh, one coach said it pretty blunt uh, when some other company came up with a great product and uh, then they were asked, yeah, but what is the, um, the advantage? And they said, yeah, it's, it's more sustainable. And they said, that's great. So now you can approach all corporations and you find the one person in the company that gets a bonus for buying more sustainable products. And then you can sell it to this person. Um, that was for me, I still remember it. Um, and so we, even with one corporation, we were talking on a um, um, level of the board. We, are talk we were talking with a board member. And they said, this is very important. This is a great idea. We should do that. And uh, in that case, she forwarded it to 
one of the colleagues was uh, <laughs> vice president, and he said, "Yes, okay, yeah, we will have a look for some materials, and then uh, we can discuss that." And there was never something. So we called again and we asked, so uh, did, did you find something? Is there something? Yes, but we have so much um, other things to do right now. We have some problems and we are not sure. So the one thing is you want to be more sustainable. You want to save carbon dioxide. And that's pretty easy right now because you can measure your emissions and you can try to reduce the emissions. On the other side, um, this how much waste you create. That's something that is measured, yes, but... Um, you have no direct co- you have costs to to landfill it or to burn it or somehow to deal with the waste um, but that's already in the budget so if you find something better it's nice if you don't find anything yes it's in the budget because it's just part of the production and if we come across and say you can save on the waste that's usually not the key focus if you have a look for your markets for your products for maybe competition and then on the other side on carbon dioxide by saving on how you treat your waste or even recycle your waste, get it back into the industrial cycle, that is something you need to calculate, but that is not something that you get um, that you need to that you need to pay for if you don't do that. Yeah, at the beginning, we also said um, Circula- Circulania helps you to turn your waste into a product. Is this also maybe connected to, to your strategy, how to sell Circulania to those corporates and say, hey, we are not uh, taking care of your waste, but we are creating another product for you, which you, uh, with what you can earn money. So kind of a strategy instead of selling things, you can, or uh, um, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, repurchase, resell or whatever you already produced with the waste and you get run into some troubles with the procurement department. Maybe you now talk to the, business development guys into the sales department and say, hey, you can sell a new product which you already have produced. Um, uh, could be a, uh, you know, a different kind of strategy. Well, how do you sol- sol- solve those problems with the procurement departments? That was our second step. So after a while, we found some companies and they said, yeah, we might have something here. It's a waste. We pay a lot of money for it and we don't know what to do with it. So maybe you can find a solution. So the most difficult um, materials. And we were having a look on these materials. We were um, evaluating many processes, um, how to try to, um, to, to find or to valorize these materials. And that takes a lot of time. It's usually for every material. It's a, a project on its own. And we found some solutions. And then we proudly came back and said, so now we have something. Uh, and you can do that. And we presented a process. We said you can um, you, you collect these wastes. You um, have to ship them somewhere. So then it's getting processed. And then it's maybe being processed a second time. And then it's a product. And you can sell it again. Then the second thing we learned, there's no interest in earning money with that because it's not the product of the company. And they don't want to establish a new field of sales. It's, it's not one thing that is a strategic target of them to sell their wastes. So it's not a part that's really considered, or it's not something that's really considered part of the corporation. And they said, you can do that. You take the waste. We don't want to work on that. We don't want to create a new department just to, do, to work with it. You take it and you can do that. And that's how we started. 
That's how we made this business work. And then we said, okay, so we will show it works. We will sell these materials and we will establish this business and establish this industrial circular economy. So you have kind of a two-step uh, go-to-market. First, you have to show the, the, the suppliers of the waste that you can actually make business out of it. And then they kind of build the business stream uh, officially or... Or they still give it to you and they don't want to hear about it? Uh... It's uh, something that we observed for maybe one, one and a half years now um, in, in several companies, that there is an interest to find something for it also in maybe having a look for materials and some approaches to circular economy. So usually there are consultants, uh, specialists in one industry, and they are going around and then creating concepts and maybe also creating value streams for the materials. Um, that's something that we do as well. And then mostly ending up by uh, with the easy solution for the company, just by offering a better price or just by offering lower cost for these wastes or byproducts. And then... Uh, we do the business, and that was yeah the second value stream after we totally crashed into reality. <laughs> we had a nice uh, business concept, a business model, and we said on this marketplace it will be very easy and everything can be um, sold there or the companies can sell their um, byproducts. And then uh, after we learned there's no intention of doing that, although it would be profitable, then we came to the second step. Okay, so we must be active. We must show there is something, there is a market. It's working, and that's also uh, feasible to do that. And that's still our intention because we want to operate, well, marketplace. Now it's a rather a platform. So we are establishing these businesses, these new value chains for the materials. And then after a few years, um, our intent is to step back again, to tell these companies there is a supply chain, there is a value chain. We give it back to you. You can sell your material. You can do all that via our platform. Okay, so in so that that was what I was trying to uh, clarify. Your first step is that you have to build the supply chain because mm -hmm. there isn't one. Uh, but your intention is then to to uh, withdraw from the supply chain uh, or from a part of the supply chain and let the companies generate some business from their waste eventually. Yes, that's still our intention. Yeah. There are several big advantages in doing so. And for us, uh, we wanted to digitize industries, heavy industries, which are far away from that right now. And um, it's difficult if we would buy material, if we would ship material, store uh, material. So then it's uh, very asset heavy with the company and we need lots of people um, to also to, to manage all that. So we want to digitize more and better. So we want to show that we want to establish also new value chains and then again, um, leave it to the market. And just so that's also one strategic consideration that we made um, for a very long time. If you offer a marketplace or a platform where several um, peers come together, And at the same time, you are part of that. You're operating within this marketplace. I think it's it's difficult for you um, to to show that you're really neutral, that you're really not uh, taking part in that business for yourself. So in the end, it's also about uh, credibility in the market. 
And if we want to offer a marketplace, um, then we definitely need to stay out of the businesses. Yeah, so it sounds like you try to solve the chicken egg problem. So the, the chicken egg problem of any uh, each every marketplace faces um, by for, first focusing on the supply side, but then you um, uh, figured out it's not really the supply side, it's more the demand side. Now you take those raw materials, create some kind of uh, or turn it into secondary raw materials and sell them to the to the to the buyer side. So you're really acting as an active seller to the to the buyer side is this correct um that's correct yes yes if well it all, always depends on the company that's providing the materials and what we saw so far uh, most companies don't want to work or want to put so many efforts and resources on that so then we are working we're coming from the supply side um, it's very difficult to connect these companies. So to connect a company that has a, a specification that's buying some material and on the other side to show that there is a waste or a byproduct that can be valorized to fit these specifications. So that's also something like, like a translation from two languages that we have to do that we need to do by also putting in the right processes and showing in the end we can reach these specifications. I think this is the, another, the, the, the technical part of your platform and marketplace to so really understanding the waste. So waste is uh, waste is a kind of a bad name, but it's kind of a raw material, but you need to better understand what is the raw material? Uh, what is uh, how, I don't, don't know how clean is the raw material and how can you against some uh, specifications and then norms and whatever, and then you can specify it and can resell it. So how do you do that? How do you understand The, the, the waste and turn the waste into a product? So to me, uh, well, as, as you know, in German, the word waste um, has a rather difficult connotation, um, a negative connotation. And I think the same is in English. Waste is something negative that you want to get rid of. Um, so, and also it's a legal term. So I try to differentiate, not to differentiate and call it material. And then we can say it's a primary raw material, it's a virgin raw material, and the waste is rather maybe proven raw material that was used already and has proven uh, its functionality or use utility. And um, so that's one thing. According to regulations, we need to create or to uh, stop the status of waste by processing it. And that's also difficult. That's sometimes complicated. And that's why I say, from my point of view, it's something that's perfect for digitization, for taking it online. Um, because then, if you have something that's considered a waste, if it's not a product of your production, if it's not the intent of your production, then it's basically a waste. If it's a waste, you need to, um, to somehow dispose it. And then you need a company that is... Um, that can use, that is uh, registered to use this waste, to deal with this waste, to transport it. Then you need a company that is allowed, registered to take this waste and to process it. And then after this, if you find all the companies that can actually, that are allowed to handle this waste, then in the end, you need um, the local authorities, the environmental department of the local authority that is confirming that this waste after this process step is not a waste anymore. Dear listeners, I hope you enjoy our podcast and you can learn more about building and scaling a successful platform business. 
I'm Matthias, CEO of Fastbreak One. And as you know, we at Fastbreak One are platform entrepreneurs by heart. Since over 20 years, we are building new platforms and this makes us one of the most experienced platform venture builders around the globe. If you are a corporate and you tried out different strategies, consultants, IT partners, but your platform initiative struggles to scale, please check out our assessment services. For example, we work closely together with a leading insurance company who tried to establish a platform for two years, but the results were below expectations and the risk to fail was very high. Within one month, we helped them to understand the bottlenecks and created a step-by-step -step plan to scale. Today, we are working very closely with the company and the platform became a market leader. Yes, we are no consultants. We are entrepreneurs and we love to share the risk and go full in in building new platform ventures. Learn more about our experience and our practices of work at our website www.fastbreak.one or send us an email to contact at fastbreak.one. And now let's go back to the conversation. I think uh, I totally understand. I'm with you on your definition and uh, not wanting to use the word waste because, in fact, when you think about it, waste is something that yourself are not is not using and not necessarily something negative. But that's some you know that could be used in another way. Um, what uh, um, I find really interesting when I'm hearing that uh, you had to actually build the supply chain for the supplier side or the supplier of those raw material raw materials um uh, for for them to be able to join uh, the platform uh, to me it makes it makes me think of um you know when when companies or, or people express a need sometimes they express a need but in fact the real need is not expressed and here They express a need, okay, we want to be sustainable, but actually the real need is to build a supply chain for them to be able to then be sustainable. And in a, in a platform, it's always very, very important to, um, to identify on both sides what the real needs are so that then, you know, both sides actually come uh, and, and use the platform and I think that's what you you're you've done through this um, through through what you've learned so um, yeah I find that very uh, interesting in that way because I, I guess they didn't express it like that initially for you they just said yeah it would be nice to be sustainable right <laughs> <laughs> yes of course for everybody it's nice to be sustainable and uh, everybody wants to do that uh, exactly. or claims to do that but nobody's paying one euro more for it no. or one dollar and that's something that we had to learn uh, as well and that is why um, our benchmark is always what is the primary product that's bought that's procured by the company what are the specifications and what is the price so we have to match quality price and um, so yeah, quality and price mostly and, and we can do that we can do that with a secondary raw material or with a proven material Uh, we can do that. And uh, that's what we showed now several times. And the fun fact about that is it's even more sustainable. There are less uh, carbon dioxide emissions on that. So, it's, so I think it's also a third point. I think it's availability. It's not just the price and quality, but also availability. When I look 
at my history and I worked at bigger companies uh, and they purchased material. They also looked for um, a secondary source just to ensure that the material, the raw material they, they buy is also available from a second source or third source or fourth source. So what you are creating here is like um, you said, it, it's kind of virtual value chains because the secondary raw material which is maybe matching the quality of the primary raw material is coming from a different source. Some Someone nobody had on the radar because they used the same uh, primary material, but uh, not um, sold the waste. Now they can sell the waste and now they become also a new supplier. So the value chain you create um, or you create a kind of a marketplace for much more suppliers of the same material maybe with the same quality and maybe also with a good price. And so you create much, much more opportunities to source material. And I think this is something also, which is really, really important nowadays when you look at the current political situations and how, how we are connected with all the ecosystems we are in uh, having such a kind of a marketplace and platform, which helps me to create endless opportunities of supply this would this is this is also a, a, i think a, a very big value proposition of your platform <laughs> totally yeah i even stopped talking about it but that was my main part um, so by creating this industrial circular economy we make the european union at least to a certain degree we make them more independent from raw material imports and that is crucial. That's totally crucial. The European Commission um, created a report with 30 most critical raw materials that are imported. And if you have a look at, on that, it's it's terrible to see because most materials are sourced from China. Most of these critical materials uh, are sourced from outside the European Union. And then um, most important country is China. And in many cases, uh, China has uh, more than 50% or more than 40% of the world market in that. So the European Union is to a very high degree depending on Chinese exports. And there are already examples from 2011 or 12, I think, when rare earths suddenly became a thing, when people learned what rare earths are and that suddenly the price rose by, I think within two or three months, by 400%. And suddenly companies became aware that they need a lot of rare earths where rare earths are all needed and used. And then after these uh, few months, there was a restriction on, uh, from China. They didn't export as many rare earths as needed. So you need them in every motor, in every engine um, that needs a magnet. And suddenly that was a problem for the whole world. And suddenly everybody was talking about it. What can we do against this? And why did we create such a situation? So now it's 2022, exactly 10 years later, and uh, we see that on other raw materials. That was our point, um, making European Union more independent and on the same, at the same moment using the materials that we already have here on this continent. And maybe you remember from your uh, time at uh, big companies or corporations, the discussion about uh, how can we save costs? We can maybe nearshore it, we can offshore it, buy it somewhere else. Um, but the advantages of not even nearshoring, of having it maybe domestically or within the European Union, the materials, that is crucial. And now I can really 
discuss that and um, even buyers are, are listening to that and, and realize that this is a huge advantage because the material is there, it's available every time. Although I need to say recently, the demand rose so so crazily that uh, even we are sold out at some materials. So, so that, that's why for me, this Circulania is really a kind of a triple bottom line Uh, companies so you are of course do it for profit uh, and you create a business but you also have uh, a benefit for the planet because you, you reuse material and you have also uh, a benefit for the people because uh, it creates freedom so if you are not dependent or not that uh, highly dependent on your suppliers from maybe offshoring or whatever. So this creates kind of freedom because you are more, uh, yeah, you can also more rely on, on suppliers which are local near short or whatever. So this creates more freedom within the ecosystem. So I, th uh, so I think this is a very good example of uh, how Circulania really creates a triple bottom line uh, benefit for, yeah, um, for a lot of uh, stakeholders here. Not just yourself. Thank you. Yes, yes, it's added up. And I need to say, from our considerations, if you if you have a look on political side or on yeah big policies, and if you have a look on material side, on demand side, on supply side, I always came to the same point: we need circulania. We need to use our materials that are already proven for their primary use and can be used the second and the third time. And if we talk about second, third time, and, and maybe the quality gets worse, if you think about metal, so steel, aluminum, it can be uh, glass as well. It can be used infinitely. It can be always molten again and used again. So, and, and you even save a lot of energy by creating aluminum from uh, aluminum scrap in, uh, instead of bauxite or importing bauxite. And um, that's something where, I, for me, it's a no-brainer, really, to say, why don't we do that? And uh, yeah, in Germany, the recycling rate for aluminum is 93%, I think. That's quite good. It's not in every European country. So still, there is quite some um, potential, also in saving costs, in being more profitable, and also in closing the circle more. I was wondering, Friedrich, what uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, different raw materials, which it seems to me the more you are uh, trying to tackle, the more complex it is because they're all different. They will have different, uh, I don't know, transport methods, uh, evaluation of quality, of price, whatever. So how did, did you actually um, select some types of raw materials or you went for everything uh sounds like you went for everything but it seems quite hard <laughs> thank you very much so at least one is understanding my daily problems um yes we had to focus and we focused in the beginning um as i mentioned my my co-founder and me we were uh, supplying steel industries and there's also some other industries so we were dealing with these minerals um, also minerals and byproducts from steel industry and to steel industry. And that's how we started. And we thought that's easy. We know all the players, we know the materials, so we can start with that. We didn't consider it's these industries are not the most digitized or most innovative industries. Um, what we don't do today is plastics. That has gained a lot of momentum and there are a lot of players working on that. And also it's not our key expertise. 
Um, we do not deal with scrap because that's a very special market that's also established. And there are also other companies uh, trying to digitize it. Uh, so we are working on minerals where we see there's still a lot of potential. They're not even online. So it's a little pioneer work. We are trying to find materials, to find people, to find phone numbers um, of materials that are not even known today, that are maybe used, maybe uh, disposed, uh, or maybe used for a very low value application. And so looking looking forward, so you said um, uh, some minutes ago, you're now acting more like a seller. You're, you're creating those virtual value chains, uh, but not really as a marketplace at the moment. So you took a step back and said, okay, now we need to do it by ourselves. Uh, this shows how hard it is to establish yourself in the market and to create some cases. So how, what is your, your plan looking into the future? How you want to go on with Sukulania and, uh, yeah, and then and, and go the next steps until you can it reopen up the marketplace. So, so the next target is scaling. We started with um, having looked for new purposes for materials in different industries. And usually you have industry experts or process experts. So this silo thinking. We brought a, a nice council of experts together and discussed with them the first product products or materials that we had and discussed and developed value chains with them. So this cannot go on forever. And we have many materials. Sometimes, as I said, it's always a project. Sometimes you can solve it within a few weeks. Sometimes it takes, for one material, it took us more than one and a half years to find something, to find a value chain that's really working. And um, that's the next step to digitize it. So we are creating we, uh, right now an artificial intelligence uh, that is finding that for us. That is um, quite complex work. But we're, we are doing it step by step. So um, material by material, finding new um, value chains and checking it. That's very nice because then it allows us to scale rapidly with materials. The other thing is we develop material by material. So if you have one byproduct or waste stream and you find a solution for it, you can do it for all these waste streams that are similar to it. And that is when the network effects kicks in. When we suddenly see, it, so there's somebody who wants it, who needs also maybe similar products or materials. Then we find other companies that are creating similar materials and suddenly you can um, spread out. And the more companies you have that are either supplying or buying or both on the marketplace, the easier it gets. And you, you said about AI. So how, how exactly is AI helping you here to to make this, to, to, to create this matchmaking. So maybe I can um, explain it a little in detail. If you have a material, that's the first step. If somebody calls us, some company writes us, we have some waste, can you do something with it? Um, we ask for a chemical analysis. For the amount, chemical analysis, is it a waste or not? And what you do right now, do you earn money on it? Do you pay? And then we have a look on the uh, chemicals which are inside. And then we already find some first direction where it could go. And then we start with that and have a look for different industries. 
where it might be needed um, on the supply side, on the input side. So then we need to go on. We need to ask because sometimes it can be very complex when the chemicals are right, but their mineral structure is wrong. Uh, then you can still not use it because it's it's the right uh, chemicals, but they are connected. The atoms are connected in the wrong way. So it can be very, very complex. So that's something where I say, again, it's complex. Let computers uh, solve it um, by finding chemical reactions, connecting process steps. So any processing, chemical processing, mechanical processing, thermal processing, so burning it, and uh, then finding out how we can reach the specification. So we have specifications of materials that are bought. We need many, many more. And basically the idea is to have all specifications of all companies in Europe to know what they buy, what they want, and then to find out how we can supply that, how we can find materials that we can process to uh, reach exactly the specifications. You mentioned Europe. You're, you're working across Europe or you're in Germany only for now? We wanted to focus on Germany. We wanted to focus on steel minerals. That's how we started. And then within a few weeks, uh, it was Austria, it was Benelux, it's France. So we realized, of course, in the beginning, you need to focus. And the more you focus, the better for a platform. Um, but then it was simply not possible. So we try to focus now on materials and um, to keep that together. But it's also nice to see that with other countries, uh, it works as well. And uh, it's also makes it easier for scaling that across materials and not across countries or focusing on materials and not focusing on countries. And don't you have maybe some, um, depending on the materials, don't you have some added complexity in, in going through the borders uh, with some, I don't know, uh, specific regulations on, on, on products or chemical products or... I say, Natalie, you really understand me and my problems. There you are. <laughs> so, you know, European Union, yeah. Um, if you want to import or export a waste, an hazardous waste, you need to um, fill out some forms, you need to announce that. And um, then, yeah, usually it works, but you also need to have companies, so uh, logistics companies that are allowed to transport such materials. And then uh, it's not only European Union, there's even, by, I think, OECD made some framework on how to deal and how to transport wastes across borders. But it's not only across um, country borders, it's also within Germany across uh, the several states, then materials are considered differently. And sometimes you need to announce that. And um, that makes it quite difficult for us because we have materials sometimes from Belgium, from Netherlands, and uh, then uh, you also need to ask who is transporting it and how is it considered, where, and can we uh, get it? So then through, through three countries by once. And you need to find the right legislation, whether you just need to announce it for simple wastes or you can just transport them cross-border or you have a hazardous waste. And even that uh, depends not only it's not written on the material you need to find that out what it is yeah yeah it sounds like that um it's not a chicken egg problem which is uh, causing some troubles it's not the technology 
causing some troubles, but it's more like the the legal situation and the mindset of um, and understanding of the companies uh, out there to really embrace circular economy, sustainability, and remove a lot of bar barriers. So to make it really, really easy to enable a circular economy. Uh, I think for a circular economy marketplace like you, um, it's more like it's not it's it's not anymore chicken and egg. It's it's also chicken egg and I don't know lion or whatever. <laughs> so a, a third animal you need to face it. You need to you need to attack um, uh, and, and and to solve. So today I think yeah, we were very enthusiastic and um, had clear things in mind. What you know from the consumer side that you that there were e-commerce shops. So when did you buy the first thing on in the internet? That's quite some time ago. Um, then you saw marketplaces. You buy something on one uh, domain, but it's not the domain that sells it. It's somebody who's offering it. So eBay was great to, to sell all your old stuff. And you think, well, that's quite easy. We just <laughs> take eBay there and uh, put in some materials. It's even there. Even you can go to Alibaba and buy some materials and hopefully they will arrive. Um, but we totally underestimated who we are dealing with, that in business to business, it's a totally different thing. And although I think all the people know it from their private life, it doesn't mean that they are ready to use it or to transfer that to their business life. So today, I think it would have been easiest to start with an uh, online shop to start with an online shop and here's Sokolania and we are selling materials. And in a way we are doing that. And then trying to establish that to make people aware that they can buy materials online and then uh, offering some uh, also advantages and making them realize I can buy things online and I will do that now and maybe it's easier and so on. Then changing the mindset of the industries a little. And then in a second step, maybe starting a market place but also establishing all the establishing all the systems because basically we are not a marketplace um we are in a, in a very broad way uh, a platform and what i like to consider ourselves as uh, the virtual production network and that's ultimately our target our goal um, to consider or to see europe as a huge factory or a huge refinery where you have many many players um, virtually connected. And then if you have some material in Spain and you uh, find some company that needs exactly this material or something very similar to it that is maybe in Italy or France, then to find um, the right processors somewhere on, on that way and to, to ship it there. And that is something that we are doing right now That's in, in, in Benelux, France, what we are doing there. Um, but that's, that's exactly how it works. There are always local processors who are there, who know already what they are doing, and we just want to utilize them more to show them there is more business and can you do that with a different material or with more material, what you're doing already. And um, you see that there's a lot of education, a lot of mindset change, and also creating, um, creating a, a kind of map of these processes, of these companies. So sometimes I like to compare it to Google Maps in the beginning. You could not just Google all the uh, pizza shops or all the small companies. Um, they were visited. Teams were visiting them and asking them, do you want to not be on Google Maps? We can uh, put you online. Yeah, so it, it sounds there's still a lot of, uh, there's a, a, a long way to go to establish sustainable platforms. And um, so 
I think you can be very proud of yourself and your team um, that you are created already such a nice platform and, 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 and marketplace and that you are also very brave in, in taking the challenge. Uh, try to ed educate the market, try to change me mentality and mindset and so on. So and we are very lucky to have you in our podcast. Um, so thank you for sharing your journey with us and also the listeners. Um, Coming to an end, so you are a young leader and you are establishing uh, Circulania in the market. What would be maybe your um, your 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 single most important advice as a leader um, to other leaders? Um, maybe also trying to establish something like a circular economy platform in the market. So, what kind of recommendation you you can give them? If it's business to business, uh, I might even have two recommendations. So the Twins one thing is, fine. <laughs> yeah, even better. <laughs> it's Matthias' uh, birthday after all, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> you can wish as many as you want. <laughs> yeah. So uh, quite often I see scientists who are founding a company based on their um, results or solutions that they want to implement in the market. So I would say if you start with such things, And even more important, if you start with a marketplace or a platform, focus, focus, focus. Uh, just one thing, very simple, start with that. Of course, you need to have a big idea, a big vision maybe somewhere, but start with the easiest thing possible. And it's so stupid for you that you think that's embarrassing to do that. And um, the other thing is simple, the simplest solution that you can imagine. Um, it's not an advantage to have a more complex solution. It's important to get it to the market with a simple solution. And for everything else, I'll leave it to you, Matthias. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Uh, sounds very good. Focus and simplicity um, always is uh, always is good. And uh, reminds me on my birthday cake. My daughter um, made a birthday cake for me. It was very. Um, focused, simple, but it tastes very, 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 very well. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Friedrich, for joining our podcast and sharing your journey with us. And um, we cross our fingers that you can further establish and uh, realize all of your ambitions with Circulania. And maybe in uh, one, two years, we can uh, repeat this conversation and see where you are with your. Um, yeah, with your platform. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me and um, yeah, looking forward to our next talk next year, maybe. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you.